Hi, I'm Terry Ferguson. <laughs> What's up, everyone? I'm Amanda. And I'm Zach, and this is the A to Z Exchange. <laughs> a weekly podcast where we discuss creative and cultural topics. <laughs> That's right, and this week we have our friend Stephen Gilbert on with a V. With a V. Um, we're going to talk to him about music and creativity and things like that. But before we can do that, obviously, as always, we have to pay tribute to our sponsors, Nice College of Art. Mm-hmm. A little film, video. Web design, photography. Illustration and uh, coding. Coding. I think we got it all. Isn't that web design? No. Oh, well. An art school in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. And they're about to launch a master's program at the beginning of the new year. So. That's right. And they help us put this on every single week. They allow us to use their facility. So a huge shout out to them, and that's all. So now let's get back to Mr. Steven. Thank you, Nessie. Is it, is it wrong that I said hi, I'm George Ferguson? I don't oh, think no. so. <laughs> it's, like, it, it's a lie, because you're not actually I'm not Ferguson. Ferguson. <laughs> No, I'm Stephen with a V, not a PH, <laughs> as we as we have discovered. Right. Yeah. Um, but you play music. I do play music. I play, I sing, and I write all sorts of music. All at once? All at once. Those three things happen all, well, I don't really write while I play and sing. That happens okay. mostly in my bedroom alone. So there's no, like, improv... <laughs> Like lyrical improv? Like, <laughs> lyrical improv. I don't know. I don't think I've been on a stage long enough to lyrical, lyrical improv yet. But We should do that. Yeah? We should do it for the performance. Just totally redo all the words to Ferris wheel? Yep. Because <laughs> there will be a performance at the end, of course, by, you know, we know by the guitar. Um, so how did you get started with music? Like, what brought you into it? So I got started with music um, when I was a kid. My dad used to sing in church um, every few Sundays and he was always in the choir and so I was inclined to start singing and as I was growing up I always kind of realized that uh, music called to me I kind of understood it differently than um, a lot of people did and I started singing in a, a youth band for youth group Okay. Like when I was younger. Right. And I didn't really like not having an instrument as I was singing, oddly enough. My parents bought me a guitar for Christmas when I was 14, and I taught myself how to play, and here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Oh, yeah. So you just kind of jumped through like time pretty much after you got your instrument. Yeah, from there, from then to here, 17 years. Okay. Yeah. I, hear, I hear that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so are you from Nashville, or...? Did you migrate here? Technically migrated. My, I'm from Florida. Okay. So my, my parents moved our family to uh, Spring Hill, Tennessee when I was seven. So I grew okay. up in Middle Tennessee, but I'm from Florida, technically. And I've lived in, like, in Nashville for about seven years now, like in the city. So which would you classify more as a musical influence, Florida or Tennessee? Uh, probably all the states we passed through in between just on the trip moving here. Okay. No, Al- Alabama and Georgia? <laughs> Alabama and Georgia. <laughs> so that eight hours really did a lot for me when I was seven. <laughs> These time paradoxes are messing with me. <laughs> Let's just turn this whole thing into time, time jumps and loops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of did that last week in a weird way. We Talk had a very casual hour-long yeah, episode. It was Dude, fun. You can just get lost in that. And that's what happened, Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. A lot of misinformation was spoken, I'm sure. <laughs> But it was fun. Um, 
So what? how would you describe your music? Because I know a lot of artists hate to be uh, labeled as a genre. They're all punk artists. That's my favorite part about punk artists, not wanting to be labeled as punk, because that's so punk. Yeah, that's the punk <laughs> thing to say. Yeah. I'm not punk. <laughs> to great. be so yeah, resilient. To be labeled, yeah. Uh, I don't know. My music is kind of, to, not to sound cliche, but it's it's hard to put into a genre because so many influences in music find their way into what I write. If I had to classify it, I call it um, bluesy folk pop rock, which is a good Americana. For, <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to just give me an excuse that I like to write anything. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. But I, you know, very acoustic-based, melodic, with infusions of blues, jazz, and pop. Okay. So, I mean, what led you down that path? Like, what, what inspired that? Like, why aren't you doing like comedy rap? <laughs> Well, funny you should say that because oh, oh. after this trilogy album that I'm going to put out, I'm going to go directly into comedy rap. Okay. After, and did I've you just, just announced say trilogy I've just, album? <laughs> I feel like we need like a. <laughs> yeah. Just like some sort of <laughs> trilogy album. So what's I the, did say trilogy album. You yeah. did. What's the trilogy album? So do you know, do you know what it is? No, is it going to be like one album in three parts or three different albums? Yeah, so question. it's one album in three parts. Um, it's it's about thirty songs. Wow. Which is ambitious. A bit. A bit. Okay. And you know, I from from a few people I've talked to, that's the reaction I get. It's like that's a lot, but I kind of I have a story to tell, um, and these songs that I've come away with, you know, thirty out of everything I've written over the last decade. And it, um, it's a story, of, you know, just about my life. It's very transparent. And uh, so it is one album called Written About Me For You. And it is in three parts. So it's 10, 10, and 10. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. Are you going to be releasing this on vinyl? As <laughs> Cassette is... <laughs> it was a giant vinyl, too. What like I was... this big? <laughs> just a big... Like the kind of the, the big check version of vinyl. Just it doesn't play, but it's just it's there. It's there. Just I feel like I would buy that on vinyl though. Maybe the like size of this table. I would like to have a record player that way. What? That could that play just that. Plays, uh, yeah. Because yeah. you know you gotta respect the mechanics. That's a big. That would be a, a big disc. Piece of, big piece of machinery. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So. How did you come to the conclusion of doing a trilogy album instead of a, a, a one-off? That's a good question. Um, so I released an EP um, in 2016. It was seven songs. And that was kind of my first break into the scene. And then I kind of put music down for a little bit, um, which is one of the reasons that led to this trilogy album. Um, I started to write a piece called Drunk. It's called Hashtag Drunk, oh. is, was the idea behind it. And there's a reason that I, I got into that, which I'll share with you. But I started to write that EP and just kind of left it where it was. It wasn't really great to my standards. And last December, I started to write again because I took some time away from music. And I started to write again, and I, I began writing a piece called Heartwork, which kind of took me into 2018. Through that process of recording Heartwork, I turned back to drunk a little bit, because I really 
felt there was something there mm-hmm. uh, as far as the story that I had to tell. So I went back, I kind of deconstructed that EP and began to write more for it and kind of polish it and make it something that was really worth telling and recording. And along the way, I kind of found that the story wasn't just there. The story was what I had written before it about my life. The story was that part of my life drunk. And then uh, heart work, which is kind of like the redemption process after getting through the dark phase. Okay. And in the studio, it kind of just made sense. We were doing these songs and they felt good. And it all kind of came together through last year that I had the material that I was happy with. I had a story that I felt was worth hearing. And we just kind of kept recording songs. And it just fell into this. <laughs> Until you had 30 songs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So hmm. The, the first part of it, um, I've just titled my name, Stephen, with a V. Okay. So it's, uh, the whole project's called Written About Me For You. The first part's called Stephen. Second part is called Hashtag Drunk. And then the third part is called Hard Work. So essentially, I will take listeners from when I was about 24, 25, trying to figure out life and what I wanted to do and um, into a really self-destructive phase of my life. Essentially, I, I drank my way through a breakup. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's where drunk came from. And it turned into something I wanted to give to people because no matter what it is, everybody, everybody goes through something like that. There's a version of that everybody goes through. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be binge drinking your way through a breakup. It can be a number of things. And so drunk is my dedication to hum- the human experience, whatever you go through. Okay. And so as I was saying, when I kind of finished that thought and then I was writing about the following year, kind of redeeming myself with friends, family, the world, it all kind of came together as one big story arc. So, okay, that's hmm. a cool idea, though. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, like it's it's a little intimidating, um, even to me, just to kind of kick my way into the industry with thirty songs. But it scares me too, man. I mean, like, how am I going <laughs> to listen to this thing? You like, look scared. Yeah, <laughs> the hair's all pulled back. I mean, it's. Do you have a timeline? Are they going to be 40-minute albums? Are they going to be like hour and 20-minute albums? Like how long? So they're all um, they're all going to be between 30 and 40 minutes. So they'd be kind of quicker albums too. Right. Okay, good. Right. Are you going to release them separately or? Yes. Um, so kind of the way that that's worked, I've, I've released four singles from said project since August. And the fifth single actually will be out next week. Oh, I think Tuesday is when it is when it drops. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. On payday. And, yeah. Word. Yeah. So the idea is, um, drunk drunk is going to release in March of next year, and the idea is by the time drunk is set to release, I will have released almost all of the first part as singles. Mm-hmm. So it will already be there, kind of like getting the listener. Okay. A third of the way there before Drunk drops, and the Drunk will drop all at once. I think I'll end up with two singles online from Drunk, and then after Drunk has had a little bit of time, Heart Work will release. So it's kind of like 30 songs will all be released in 2019, but it, it won't be all like, you know, I won't wake up one morning and be like, oh gosh, I've got 30 songs to just try and juggle. And, right. You know, so 
there's a little method to the madness. Okay, that's interesting though. So the first album is really coming out kind of as, as a collection of singles. Yeah. And then you get an album, and then you get however you do the full album. Well, I think album. John Mayer did something similar like to, to that last year. Was that last year? He did. It's funny you bring up John Mayer because uh, he is one of my biggest inspirations and influences. Yeah. Um, John Mayer actually is 100% the reason I went from just singing and playing guitar to wanting to uh, perform and tell stories um, for the rest of my life. John Mayer and uh, Dave Matthews, two of my biggest influences. Mm -hmm. um, but I saw John Mayer for the first time when I was 17, 16, I think, and took away from that concert everything that I'd just been blown away with, the two and a half hour performance. Because um, when I saw him for the first time, and we might go down a trail here, but he was just on tour with, uh, he had just released his second album. So to most of the world, John Mayer was Your Body is a Wonderland, yeah. mm -hmm. No Such Thing, just kind of those real super pop songs. And I went to see him with a friend, actually won tickets to his show, and got to meet him before the show. And uh, then I saw him rip the guitar to shreds for yeah. two and a half hours when really all that was on the radio was those few songs and it just blew my mind yeah blew my mind and so I, I left that night and I said that's what I want to do for the rest of my life mm -hmm. but I don't want to copy anybody I want to do what Steven is meant to do and and now we're here so. cool yeah cool. but a lot of the storytelling um, Dave Matthews just Dave Matthews is it, it means a lot to me as well like just being able to tell a story um, through song mm -hmm. is something that uh, I'm, I'm blessed to have learned how to do. Okay, so super relevant and important. Favorite, favorite musical? Favorite musical? Favorite musical, lightning round. Mm. Favorite musical, man. Is it wrong if I say Grease? No. No. No, it's your favorite musical. Dude, There's no wrong answer. Dude, that's a hard question. I mean, anytime, anytime anybody asks me what my favorite any like music. What's your favorite musical? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you want like a current one or? <laughs> I don't care. It's up to you. What do you think? Um, I definitely like Guys and Dolls. Um, current, probably. I mean, La La Land's amazing. I mean, if you say that's not a musical, yeah. but I like uh, Phantom of the Opera. Okay. It's probably my favorite. Phantom's great. Yeah. That's not bad. Have you ever seen Godspell? Godspell's a good musical. I was in that in high school. Oh, you were in it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what it is, so. Yeah. My musical game is not very strong. It's, uh, Godspell originally was a retelling of the Christ story um, set in, I think the, the movie was set in, a, I want to say New York. It was a downtown. It was a downtown scene where just a bunch of kids are the disciples and Jesus comes in wearing a Superman shirt and they just go around retelling the, uh, the parables and stuff like that. It's really, it's really interesting. Hmm. But I was in it in high school and I had three solos and two lines. Three solos and two lines. Yeah. Okay. Did you, did you, play, <laughs> su did you play Superman Jesus? <laughs> no, I was not Superman Jesus. And when we did it in high school, we actually, uh, I was not Superman Jesus. That sounded really funny to say. Hey. My yeah. friend, my friend Gene, uh, Gene McAllister was the Superman Jesus. But we didn't do, we turned it into a beach scene. So it, we were all beach bums. So he was Beach Bum Jesus. Beach Bum, Beach Bum Jesus. Beach, Beach Bum Jesus. Did Beach Bum Jesus ever have issues with Superman Jesus? 
Was there ever any A lot of behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. That's I heard he had a lot of sleepless nights. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But to come full circle in no real way, uh, John Mayer did release his last album um, yeah. in four EPs. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. See, I don't ever even really listen to John Mayer for some reason. But I learned no disrespect, that from a I podcast. Don't. What's that? I learned that from a podcast he was on. <laughs> Which podcast? Bobby Bones. Oh, is he Bobby doing a Bones. podcast now? Yeah, Bobby Bones is great. Bobby Bones, yeah. Bobby Bones, or what's it? The Bobby, the Bobby Cast is what it's called. Oh, so he's got a radio show and a podcast? Mm-hmm. Wow. He does a lot. And two bestsellers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had that ready. <laughs> I'm a fan. You and my sister would eat a lot My sister is a huge fan of Bobby Bones. That's just two bestsellers. Hmm. And he just won the mirror ball. You, man, you got your information. Is there anything else we need to know about Bobby Bones? I don't think so. You got it all out? Yeah. Let's see, I'm out of questions today because we totally got the inspiration questions like done. Like <laughs> accidentally, we didn't even mean to. Um, what well, what's your process like for when you write? Like, do you... Writing songs, man, yeah. it's such a... Amanda with the save. Yeah, very nice. That's good. <laughs> um, there's a lot of different ways that I that I end up with these songs that I have, sometimes they come all at once. Uh, sometimes they come over a period of months. Just I spend a lot of time on those songs that come slowly. Um, I spend a lot of time in my own head. Like Ferris Wheel, which is the song I'm, that I'm going to play. <laughs> Live performance. Oh, when that happens, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ferris Wheel was an idea that I had. Um, like right when I first started writing drunk, I had this idea. Of, uh, writing drunk. <laughs> literally and figuratively. I know, that's only true. <laughs> yeah, literally and figuratively. Um, I had this idea for Ferris wheel and it was just an idea. I said it would be really cool to, to write a song about what it's like being stuck in a binge and the vehicle would be being stuck on a Ferris wheel that you can't really find your way off of. Right. And that idea just sat in my ideas, my idea notes for almost a year. And slowly I began to piece together the lyrics for it and the story. And then the, you know, the guitar kind of came over a matter of about two weeks. I kind of put it together. But like I said, sometimes like there's another song, uh, for instance, called Last Bottle on Drunk that I wrote in one night. So sometimes it just all pours out and then sometimes it just takes a while to get out. Okay. And so I spent a lot of time, like lyrically, I'll spend a lot of time in my own head just figuring out the proper placement for words, lines, you know, uh, making sure the story is told correctly and not to lose anything and too much wordage. So. Yeah. Do you get lyrics before melody or do you do melody before lyrics? Oh. That's a good question. Um, it's almost. Change your whole career. Almost, <laughs> almost always it's lyrics yeah. first. Like I'll be working on. Like I said, I'll have an idea, I'll put it down, and I'll start, I'll go to work on it. And then uh, it's kind of a matter of finding the guitar that fits the emotion of the lyric, which is not really easy to do sometimes. Because I'll, I'll go through just tons of licks that you can, I mean, you can sit down and, and play a few chords and sing something over it, but it doesn't feel right. And so right. kind of drive yourself crazy for weeks trying to find the right thing. So are you classically trained on guitar? Have you ever had lessons or anything like that? Or are you just purely self-taught? Self-taught. Okay. Yeah. 
So can you read music 100% or? Nope. Wow. Okay. Can I you play, read music? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I play. I I play by ear. Um, I can read chord charts. Okay. You know, like yeah. Just you know chords and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But sheet music is a no. I've never Did ever. You like tabs. Yeah, tabs is tab, okay. Yeah, tabs is how I started. But I mean, it's like tabs are, you know, it's just show you where your fingers go and. It's like it's like rock band. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the way I look at it. Okay. That's always fun. I like to see musicians who aren't classically trained. Yeah. Because, you know, you guys have a totally different way of looking at it. I know I went through lessons and everything, so I'm like a dork when it comes to counting and time and rhythm. And, yeah. You know, we could talk about bossa novas for hours. But, like, you guys that come in here with just, like, this raw emotion and kind of bypass all that, you know, it's 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 more artistic than just the technicality of it. I agree. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a different kind of artistry, I think. Um, honestly, like... I don't want to use the word envious or jealous, but a lot of times I see those people that can just look, can sight read and mm-hmm. sheet music and just play anything. And I think that's such an incredibly phenomenal talent. But at the same time, I feel kind of blessed that learning to play by ear and not learning in the the standard and the general parameters of being taught how to play kind of mm-hmm. opens up different avenues because I don't construct per rules, if you will. You know what I mean? Right. So... Well, I've, I've met a lot of guitar players in my life who specifically, like, their whole outlook changed when they got just a different teacher. Because maybe one teacher was teaching them how to play a certain way and they would go through different techniques to practice a rhythm or whatever it may be. And then someone comes in and says, you know, you can make this sound and it's not melodic or anything, but it serves a purpose in this specific music. And then those people go, oh, this is so much more because now they've opened everything. Yeah. Because they were always looking at it technically and never artistically. Right. So... That's a good way to look Scott at Merritt. it. Do you write with any other instruments or just the guitar? Just the guitar. I actually, uh, I play just enough piano to say that I, I can. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't even like saying I can play yep. piano because like I really can't. Like anybody that plays piano, plays piano. And if I sat down, yeah. right now if I sat down at a keyboard, I could play you like two songs that I just have yeah. memorized. It doesn't mean I can play piano. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to be focusing in 2019 on being a piano player because um, I've always, always wanted, I've always admired the instrument. It's beautiful, and I think learning uh, a new instrument will open up more avenues in creation. But only on the guitar is what I write. Oh, just about everything, not just about everything that you'll hear on uh, 28 of the songs on this 30 song project this monster this monster <laughs> this monster started uh started with me and my guitar in my like in my bedroom or a living room something okay like that. the other two the other two they? um so i have a song that called the bridge over flowers in the park and it is one of the um i don't want to say climax because that's a weird word but uh it's towards the end of hard work so it's towards the end of uh the trilogy the trilogy yeah. and it's the song itself is um me realizing that almost 100% of my issues and the breakup and the drunk and the darkness was all my fault. Mm. And uh, that song I wrote with a really, really great friend of mine, um, Stephen Barnes, with a PH. Wow, what a team. Yeah. (laughs) The only two Stevens in the world, man. We've decided. We've decided. (laughs) 
But uh, he and I, he and I, began a really, really great friendship. Um, we met at Broken Egg, actually. Okay. Um, well, when I started, we, we there. worked together at an omelet shop. Let's like at an yeah, omelet throw shop. It out. Yeah. If you'd like us to sling some eggs in your face, please. Or, po- or potatoes. Or potatoes. Specifically potatoes. Yeah. Zach and I have bonded over our Irish heritage in <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> Anyways, back to the... <laughs> so, uh, he and I, we bounce ideas off of each other. We're kind of, he's one of my very few, actually one of my only confidants when it comes to music. When I'm writing and working on something, I'll uh, send my ideas to him and we bounce stuff off of each other. And so when I was writing Heartwork, I was telling him that I was really stuck on this song. I had the lyrics kind of almost ready for it, but I had started it with a melody uh, that I didn't really care for as per the song, and I couldn't get past it. When I was sitting down writing, I couldn't, I couldn't sing it a different way because I had started it with a different melody. All right. <clears throat> so we got together and broke the, the music of it all down, started from scratch, and he wrote just this beautiful piano, and we did the song together. Okay. Um, first time that I have written and finished a song with somebody else, I think, ever. Um, and I'm really, really happy about it. So there's that one. And um, another song called The Other Side of Goodbye, which is currently available on all streaming music services. Uh, boom. <laughs> Go to iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music. The Other Side of Goodbye actually started with Steven as well. We got together with a friend, a mutual friend of ours, who wanted to produce and write a hip-hop track. And... Uh, like a mm. rap hip hop track. And so he mm. brought Steven and I in. He wanted me to write the hook for it and sing it. Steven was going to build the track and then he was going to he was going to rap over it. And so I wrote the hook for the other side of goodbye in that in Steven's bedroom that night with him and um, the song ended up not moving forward, but I took that hook and then constructed the other side of goodbye. Mm. So those two songs are the two out of uh the 30 that did not begin with me by myself. Okay. With a guitar in the bedroom. I wonder if they if that reflects in the music too. I've heard the other side of Goodbye. Because was that the one that feels bigger? Yes. Okay. Yep. So it should reflect in the music too. Like you got more pieces instead of just a singer songwriter thing. So. Right. That could be cool. Yeah. Are you working with the same producer on all of them or? Uh, so the whole thing is self-produced. Oh, okay. By me. Cool. Yep. And I, you know, I got to give credit to all the amazing people that have um, played on it and, and worked with it, but the whole thing, the whole idea, all the musicality of it um, is, is produced by me, yeah, self-produced. So. Awesome. Word. How are you uh, branding it and working on the image of it? Has that even come to your, your brain yet? Or Yeah, it's an interesting kind of idea I had. I don't know if you've noticed the, uh, the photography that goes along with the four singles. Mm-hmm. I've kind of separated three versions of myself through the three projects, because that's kind of the idea. That's one of the main storylines is, is somebody, is me, dealing with... <laughs> I keep referring to myself as somebody, and they're all about me. So, um, is, is me dealing with different versions of myself. And uh, so Stephen, Drunk, and Heartwork are all portrayed uh, through different imagery as far as I kind of tag it with the shirts that I'm wearing. So... Oh, so you have like a jersey that has Steven on the back, and then one that says drunk on the back, and then one that says heartwork on the back, So, right? on the front, yeah. Oh, on the front? Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
and we'll we'll slap a number on the back or something. Okay. We'll okay. Put my age on the back of it as the number. But <laughs> no, honestly. So the uh, Stephen part is uh, I'm, I'm wearing a, a plaid, a blue plaid shirt, with my back to the camera. Um, okay. For those, the drunk, the drunk shirt is literally a shirt that says hashtag drunk on it. Yeah. And that was an idea I had uh, to make um, kind of like in a scarlet letter fashion when I was going through that. And I don't know how much detail is necessary here, but when I was going through the the darkness of that phase of my life, um, a lot of people surrounding me decided just to chalk me up as a loss, if you will. You know, you've kind of have somebody that is drinking their way through a breakup the darkness, the bad time that we all go through in different ways. And I caught, in my opinion, a lot of, I call it undue flack because, you know, it was like a year of my life, which is on the scheme of things is a small period of time, but just a lot of, a lot of things going around behind my back, words tossed around like alcoholic and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so the idea as I was writing drunk was just to make a shirt that said drunk, you know, here it is, you know. Here it is. If, I'm, if you're going to call me that, then I'm just going to wear it. And so that was one of the first ideas that led to these shirts and stuff like that. So the Heartwork shirt is literally a Heartwork shirt. It's got a broken heart with a ladder on it. So, okay. But that's kind of the branding is is branding myself as three different versions through the project. So. Okay. So you haven't thought too much about the rest <clears throat> of the imagery other than like sort of what you are as an artist. Have you moved past it into into any larger themes in terms of um, man? I don't even know. Don't even know how I'm gonna ask this question. I don't know. Still don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna move on. Okay. I can't. If it comes back. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? The question know. to nowhere. <laughs> yeah, all the questions to nowhere. Um, we do gotta get kind of wrapping up a couple more um, things soon because it's almost performance time. One of the things that we do on here, um, we've started is we ask everyone if there's any particular book or uh, anything that mm-hmm. inspired you in your life or uh, business or with your writing or anything like that? Um, I don't know that I would say, well, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I love reading. I, I grew up reading. In my opinion, getting lost in a book and having your brain work figuring out characters and details as you're reading is one of the best things you can do for creation. Yeah. So growing up, I read a lot of, uh, you know, fiction. I, um, Lord of the Rings was a big one I read when I was growing up. Harry Potter, I read all of. Um, so in the creation aspect of it, yeah, a lot of those books kind of helped my mind be able to take what writers did with painting such a beautiful story in a book and do that on the guitar. I don't know that I would say a specific book mm-hmm. led to anything that I've written. It's more just like a, a general creation. I've, I've read a few books recently. Um, I read a book called Edge of Eternity by Ken Follett, which is the third book of a trilogy, as it, <laughs> as it were, shameless plug. For <laughs> uh, it's, an, it's a historical fiction set in the 1960s to the 1980s about um, just what was going on with the war and Mm -hmm. um, uh, segregation and all that stuff. 
So pretty heavy, heavy stuff then. Yeah, a lot of heavy stuff. It had heavy you know gun. the whole JFK, Freedom Riders, really really interesting book. Um, but it's a fiction set throughout this time period, right? So right. So okay. yeah, what his name's Ken Follett, the author. What he did was he he took all the events that happened from 1961 to 1989, I think it was, which are all accurate. But he created a separate families throughout the world that all played parts in that. So the families were the fiction part, but all the history is very accurate. It Almost was, like a Forrest Gump theme. Yeah. Walker in a way. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to cool. tell a story at the time. Yeah. Um, I guess we don't have any more main questions before we wrap it down then, right? Nope. How What's do do? all your how do, how do do? Um, social, social media plugs? <laughs> <clears throat> this is the first time I've ever been on a podcast. Really? So, this yeah. is a, our first time as well. Wait, I thought you said it was your second time. Yeah, oh, my bad. That Mom's. was a misspeak. Yeah. Second time. I don't think we've gotten any better at it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was told there'd be cupcakes here. Not by us, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to entertain that idea. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry I forgot the plate of bacon. I didn't. That's perfectly fine. Thankfully, We're just leave no it animals that. died in the making of this, of this, uh, this he show. He needs the toe faking anyways. I just I want to leave yeah. the, I don't eat it. the the plate of bacon, bacon statement right there and let everybody that's listening to that just wonder wonder what the plate, what of, the bacon plate of bacon was, was supposed yeah. to be. Well, they um, know they know uh, my dietary choices, so Oh, so they'll probably piece it together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you said social media, right? Yep. Before mm-hmm. we go. Yeah, got to drop them. Okay, so um, find me on Instagram and Facebook fan page at Stephen Gilbert Music. And I would really love it if everyone that just heard that would give me a follow. Because I follow back, unlike okay. a lot of people that think they're too cool to follow back. Um, <laughs> uh, StephenGilbertMusic.com went live today. Really? My oh. website. Okay. Yes. Today. Today. Friday. Live today. Friday, December, December 7th. 7th. December 7th? Stephen Pearl Gilbert Harbor Music. Day. Pearl Harbor Day. Okay. Oh, God, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, that went live today. So that is that's a really good tool just to kind of everything you might need to know about where I am, what I'm doing, singles, albums, tour. I've got a, a kind of a small tour planned out for next year. Rad. I think we're at a five-city five stop right now. Okay. Um, is it like regional or is it full U.S.? Uh, regional for the most part. I'll be in D.C., Georgia, Tennessee, of course, um, a couple other places. Okay. So mostly southeast, like east coast, south southeast. Right on. Um, so, yeah, stephengilbertmusic.com. Check that out. Um, what else? Oh, love button. I brought you both a love button. What are the love buttons? I'm so, claiming the green one, Zach. Why? Green is my color. No. I just peaked that audio. No. I have another green one in the car. If... <laughs> Whatever. I'm getting the car green one. <laughs> um, love button is an organization that is just, um, their, their only goal is to spread love. Okay. Un- unbiased with no flag other than love. Okay. So no thumping you on the head with things, no agenda. It's just literally spread love, kindness, hope to the world. And so they have these buttons. So are those wings spreading? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, not, disa- not to disagree with the whole music, but like those wings just spread and broke apart our friendship over a button. <laughs> literally so like- <laughs> the col- over the color of a button. Well, I, man, I didn't see it going. probably not the button, just the fact that we both have the same favorite color. <laughs> I really didn't see it going that way. Yeah. Uh, 
No, I brought you both one. I, you can trade the orange one for a green one if you'd like. I definitely will. Appreciate it. But I got I got a love button at a concert a couple years ago, and it was just that easy. It was like, here's a love button. Spread love. That's it. So I kind of researched their mission, and I'm, I'm a big fan of it. They've reposted a couple of my pictures to their account. Um, I would love to be more partnered with them down the road. So I'm handing out the love. Um, I'm also looking for a sponsorship. Can I say Cherry Coke Zero on this podcast? Is it? I don't know why Zero. you couldn't. I'm looking for a sponsorship with Cherry Coke Zero. <laughs> I don't think anyone's claimed Cherry Coke Zero yet. So how many? How many of these do you have left? Do I have left? Yeah. Gosh, I don't know. There's probably one in my car, one in my fridge. I'm sure there's one at work somewhere that I've left. Okay. Yeah. Those don't have names on them, so. <laughs> 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 I don't like the cokes with the names on them. Man. <laughs> You just um, broke them down. You're not getting that sponsorship now. Man, this is all just tanked in the last few <laughs> yeah. seconds. <laughs> Sorry, I ruined it for you. It's okay. That was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, so stephengilbertmusic.com, at stephengilbertmusic, Instagram, Facebook, anywhere music streams. I have four singles out right now, and anywhere music streams, this uh, Written About Me For You project will be available next year. Um, yeah, Apple Music, Spotify. I think I'm on Tidal. Napster. Are you on Napster? I'm on Napster. LimeWire too? Google. <laughs> Is LimeWire still a thing? I don't know. I don't download illegal music. No, because it, it's illegal. <laughs> yeah, not, not when Spotify exists and I can just, you know, listen to it and not pay the artist. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just as easy. Did you ever have Kazaa or Kaza when you were... No, I pretty much dro- jumped from like LimeWire to BitTorrent to, to Spotify. Spotify is my new illegal streaming. I had this one. I don't remember the name of the one I had. I think it started with a P. Uh, hmm. Interesting. I don't know. We downloaded know. a shit ton of music from it, though. No, she didn't. Yeah, I did. Legally, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You paid for a service. Yes. Anyways. I think it was like $15 a month or something. we got to wrap this thing down. Yeah. Oh, you paid. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're good. Yeah. You're Solid. Yeah. I think that was everything I wanted to mention. Um, We're in. So we got your links. Did we get our links out? No, but ours is everywhere at the AZ Exchange. It's pretty easy, so. There you go. <laughs> She's got that down to a science. Nice. All right. What well, do you want to perform your song? Are yeah. you ready? You tell us about the song you're going to sing? Okay, so I'm going to perform Ferris Wheel for you. Oh, you kind of already mentioned, mentioned it. But. Yeah. Um, the song, like I said, means a lot to me. It was one of the songs that kind of came together. It was, it was the song that um, brought Drunk back to a possibility. So, like I said, when I deconstructed the first original idea, because by my standards it was garbage, um, it kind of sat there until I put the rest of the story that needed to be there. And so this is the first track off of Drunk. And um, like I said, the imagery, the idea is about two things. It's about a guy uh, feeling as though he's stuck in a Mm -hmm. rut um, and also dealing with the world speaking worse about his situation than is actually. Okay. By the end of the song, he finds himself just giving in to what everyone's saying behind his back. Okay. So, cool. It's gonna be a sad one. Yeah. Oh, it's super sad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take it away. Yeah. All right. It's my voice in that cup. <laughs> I've been crumbling, it seems. Searching for something to curve the dark in my dreams. A man without a face, 
beckoned me to ride A creaky old ferris wheel where at the top I'd find Above all my failures and fears I'm safe and satisfied At the bottom I've forgotten the cure Has become my demise The world it seems has a knack For playing games when decks are stacked Brand me as you will I'll have another go on this Ferris wheel I've been crumbling it seems Let me drown in my sorrow I'll fix my life tomorrow But the man without a face Visits to remind At the old Ferris wheel There never is a line Oh my boy, you've grown tired of tears Seems a perfect night Might as well enjoy yourself Until the morning light But the world it seems has a knack For bouncing whispers off my back Brand me as you will I've got a seat saved for you On this Ferris wheel Oh Lord Shall I rinse my mouth with the blood of my failures As long as my pain is sippable For you I'll stay invisible The rumor mill's not so frightening If you start it yourself Press on me these scarlet letters And tell me what they spell I've been crumbling, it seems This liquid armor's all I've found To silence my screaming dreams The man without a face Says, son, do you mind If I take the seat here next to you On this old ride of mine You know the Ferris wheel's not really real Come and go as you please But how's this sound? One more go round your next ride will be on me all the world it seems has a knack for turning rumors into fact i'm becoming what you say in the letters on my chest read d-r-u-n-k word all right thank you good deal man thank you sweet all right. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Yeah. yeah See you guys awesome. next week. Thank you. Woo!